Hello, welcome to Lead Your Tribe. My name is Kyle Wood, and with me is Dale Sobottom. Yeah, Kyle. Hey, Dale. Today we are talking about all of the things about going back to work. So, you know, as a leader, we're usually in a position where uh, if we're not running our own business, we're in a leadership in our team or our community. Um, and after last year and after the new year, this time of year can be a bit, there can be some issues that come up with trying to get back to work, trying to set boundaries around your work, especially if you've still got, you know, kids schooling from home uh, and things like that. It can be really difficult to find that time to actually be able to do the work that's important to you. Um, and that's really important, obviously, when it comes to leading. So, that's what we want to talk about today. We want to give you some practical tips and some stories of our own experiences using this stuff and uh, hopefully you can walk away from this episode feeling really inspired about um, saying no to the things that don't serve you and how to find that time to be able to just do that sort of deep thoughtful work that's really important. Yeah and I I think uh you do need clear boundaries with this, call because um, eventually it just gets wishy-washy and you end up uh, trying to please everybody and you please no one. Um, and who's most affected is probably yourself and your family. And um, we know the stresses of 2020. And as we look around the world now, mate, a lot uh, at 2021 is looking very similar to what we went through mm. last year. Um, and those work-life boundaries, they are blended because a lot of people are still on lockdown and uh, things like that. So we've just got a few little simple things here today. And, and like always, we probably, I think it's a good idea to like, don't just listen to this. We challenge you to maybe put one thing we talk about or two things, if you like, into action. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, start working on those boundaries. Um, do it small, start with one, then build on that. So um, I think I'll, I've got one if you, if you don't mind me kicking off, Kyle. Yeah, let's, let's do it. I think the biggest thing you need is the power of saying no, right? And um, that comes in all different shapes and forms. That two-letter word, N-O, is huge. Um, there's a book I read oh, it's probably about four or five years ago now called Essentialism. I don't know if you've uh, heard uh, or read of this book, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But it's- I've got a book too. Good. I, I always like <laughs> uh, giving books out for people. Uh, th- yeah, so essentialism is essentially the power of saying no. Um, and what that what when you set those boundaries and those clear intentions, uh, what actually happens? It it actually people respect you more instead of just being a pleaser or a yes person. So um that is a good one if if you say yes to everything and you feel like you're you're drowning. Um I know I've got a, a recent story called it um I've been working, I spoke about this last year, but working with a coach mentor um, and we've set up a new system. So whenever I get new clients, so for example, um, for a workshop or a keynote or something like that, um, I don't just do it over email. My non-negotiable now is that I lock in a a 30-minute Zoom call so I can really break it down and understand what they want. Instead of me telling them what they need, uh, listening Mm. and getting what they want. Anyway, there was this one school in India that I'm doing a lot of work with and um, that just opened up all these new doors by me sitting down having this Zoom call. But then they wanted to keep having more and more meetings and I was like, well, this is wasting my time. And 
in the end, I just said, no, I'm not doing any more meetings. I've given you everything I need. Um, I'd love to work with you, but now it's up to you. Anyway, by saying no and not just doing it, uh, half an hour later, I got an email and they locked in three gigs, bang, straight away. Um, obviously, I can't travel to New Delhi at the moment, uh, but doing them all virtually. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's a really I – was, I was worried because um, – like a lot of businesses around the world, uh, 2020 was a bit rough for me. You know, I was hit really hard with all work sort of nearly drying up. But what I've found now is using that personal touch, that's a new thing. I've set boundaries this year that I need to have that mm. face-to-face over Zoom. But then also thinking, no, I've, I've done that now. I've shown what I can do. I've laid it out to them. Um they need to look at that. So when I said no, they just come straight back and go, beauty, all right, we want this, this, this. I was like, okay. So for me, that's my story of saying no, um, having non-negotiables as well. And that's um, something that I'm working very, very hard on this year is, yeah, listening more, I suppose, Colin. Don't just telling, I think that's probably, I know we're talking about, I'm talking a lot here, but work-life boundaries. Um, I think in any profession, if you're talking, that's what you think people need or they want. When you take time to listen, and you can do this with each client, each individual member, whatever your industry is, take time to understand what their goals are or what they need because then you can always relate that back and build a profile on each client. Um, and, yeah, that's something I'm still working on and trying to get better. But, um, yeah, so far it's been pretty cool for me. So that's my power of no, mate. I know you are big on this as well. Yeah, uh, and we were chatting beforehand that last year was kind of good in some ways because activities that we'd been doing for a long time had stopped because I couldn't run anymore. We um, we kind of didn't have to say no. <laughs> but we got to experience, I think, a bit of like what it was like to have just less on our plate and that we'd have more time um, to do things that are important to actually important to us rather than what we think is important to us. Or like, you know, the old, um, when we do this in work as well, like the, the keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing, doing that in your day-to-day life, thinking you have to do, you know, 10,000 activities. And as a new dad, Dale, you start experiencing this with kids as well, you know, like other people, are, you know, doing this, this, and this, and this are their kids. And you're like, oh, maybe my kids should be doing, you know, this activity and this activity and, and all of this kind of stuff. And um, you realize the big thing we realized last year is that they just don't need to do that much. And actually, they're better off not doing that much. Um, they, they're more settled, um, more grounded. So, it's the same, I think, for us as adults. We put way too much on our plates. And um, my wife, we'll do a story here. My wife was recently sort of offered with a, a group she's involved in to, to end up leading it. And we had a good chat about it. And she's like, I kind of feel like it's up to me. Like I'm kind of the natural person who would take over the group. Um, and we kept chatting and I kept chatting about it. And I just recently reread or read, but there's a blog in there that's, that's from me to the one, which like it's a famous blog post. And he's written a book on it now. It's like Derek Sivers. He's got that hell yes or no. Uh, it's been reposted uh, a bunch, but uh, anyway, he's written a little book and he's actually got a section in here on, on saying no, <laughs> which Does is great. <laughs> um, but the philosophy behind hell yeah or no, which is a, it's the reason that blog post took off, you know, years ago and still gets reshared is because it's a really simple concept. And it's if you're not 
like, hell yeah, like I'm so excited about this, then say no to it. Because the more you say no to those things, they're like, yeah, that sounds, you know, yeah, that sounds okay. The more room you take up in your life and in your work. Um, and then when those big hell yeah things come along, you don't have the space for them or the capacity for mm, them. Good. I like that. Yeah. So that's kind of false. And obviously there's going to be times when you, that rule's not hard and fast, but it's a good, you know, thing, I think, to fall back on. Uh, when it comes to like new opportunities or new things like that too. Uh, and probably, I don't know, was that for you when these meetings kept happening and kept dragging on, you probably were getting like less and less enthused about working with these people as well because it was just dragging out? Yeah, I, I think uh, it was a new concept for me as well, like um, booking in these consults when um, it normally I wouldn't, mm. I'd, I'd love it because, um, you know, there's a lot of these big schools and, and corporations around the world that I would have a meeting with for an email and then I'd travel there and get to present. But doing it virtually as well is still not my preferred, but that's the world we live in as well. So um, I found it was uncomfortable for me, Kyle, because I hadn't done it before and I didn't know what the boundaries were, but then I'm like, well, I've actually sort of answered that. And I, and I was just, I think, also um, a little bit sleep-deprived. And I think I had, at the time, I think I had a, a two-week-old baby at home and I was having these meetings. Um, so I was trying to negotiate oh, around it. And I was like, you know what? I actually have already said that. I don't even care at the moment <laughs> the mentality I'm in. So really, I, I think that helped me with being a little bit sleep-deprived. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I, yep. I don't want to lock in another meeting. I want to be present because I've I've done that work. I've showed, I've got the runs on the board. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's a big one that if you feel confident in what you've done, you've done it for a while now, you've got a good reputation, um, that saying no sometimes actually amplifies your profile and the desirability of working with you because you've been able to say no. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really fascinating. It it blew my mind to see what happened. And I know I've done that with other things before, but um, on on a scale like this, uh, yeah, I don't think I've been as brave and I think that's what it really comes down to. Saying no is being really brave. Like, yeah, um, yes, and it, it, it's that's. I think that's what it really came down to. Like that. Yeah, I didn't really care because I was tired, but it was also quite a brave thing to do because um, of of this client and and the magnitude of the work that I'd locked in with them. Yeah. I was like, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. And then, bang, that was a brave thing to do. Yeah, and it sounds like it pushed them. Maybe there was some stuff on their end where they were struggling to just make a decision and it did push them to make that decision, which was good for you because then you knew yes or no. Um, but, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right about uh, it's so much easier to, to sort of, especially I can imagine that situation, like feeling like you want to please the client so you want to say yes or potential client, yes to everything that they they possibly say. Um but, you know, what it sounds like in the end is that they respected that boundary you set and um, that'll be really good, I guess, with your working relationship with them because you've already set that from the start. Yeah, mm. so true. And I, I think now what that's done as well, that one no is set that for me too, that, do you know what, oh, mm. I want to keep this formula. It worked really well um, and something that I was a little bit nervous about because doing something different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, what I'd been doing before, it seemed to work okay, but I was like, I want to try something new. I want to be more personal and I want to actually understand my clients better and um, that's working for me. Um, and then like last year as well, I suppose, um, 
I, I, I really sort of shut down my fitness business. So um, I'm, I've just got a group of clients that I do um, a day and a half of PT sessions with. That, so I can get out, I can meet people, I can still keep that going because I really enjoy the clients I have. And I said to these clients, these are the times I'm working. If you want me to train you, mm. they have to be in those times. And they're like, yep, beauty, we will make it work. And I'm like, oh, for years I was bending over backwards, traveling everywhere to you know, make it work for these clients. And again, the power of saying no, um, it, it just changed everything, Kyle. So the thing there is, and this is what I've really thought about over, you know, having, I, I think I had nine weeks off um, when Sonny was born and just having a little break. And I think you can't just do that if you're starting out in an industry. If you've got a really good reputation, um, you've got good clients, you've got runs on the board for years, then mm. back yourself in and do that. Um, there's two examples that I've personally felt that have worked really well for me. And I know I know you, you've created your own life and you work that suits you because you've been able to set that up because you've had a thriving business for over 10 years. Um, so it doesn't just happen though, does it? Like sometimes you do need to say yes. And I, I suppose it's, it's a fine line there. I don't know what your thoughts are on that because – I would have never ever had the like the confidence to say no probably a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking that as well. Like when you're getting started, like you do sort of need to say yes to things a bit more. Um, but you can look at that phase as like your experience gathering phase, a training phase. So that's like that that you are saying yes to everything because it's all about getting new experiences and new training and, and working out then what you then want to say no to and what to say yes to. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, you touched on setting those that time boundary and I thought that that's a good segue for your, um, sorry, for your clients, how you said this is the time I'm available. Uh, I thought that was a good segue into, yeah, talking about setting up times when you do your work Um you know, like sort of scheduling that in for the week rather than just sort of trying to fit it in um, wherever, which, you know, there's, I will add a caveat, there's going to be times in your life where things are just crazy with, uh, you know, maybe you've got like, uh, there's like an illness in the family or, you know, just the kid, your kids are at an age where there's a lot going on for them and and you might struggle to find this, but as much as you can create the habit of, of having set times where you work um, each day. Anyway, let's dive into that and we'll, uh, we'll have a bit, of a, <laughs> a bit of a chat about the importance of that. Yeah, well, I think, like you just said, I think it's finding the magic. I call it, I like magic. Um, I think it's the magic time for you. So don't set, don't set like your work time up when you're not productive or when you're not on. Like if you're a, if you're a late riser, don't get up early and start working because you're probably not going to be productive. Or if you know you mm. work really well in the morning, get up early and get it done. Um, I find some of the best productive hours I can do is really early in the morning. So if I punch out two hours early in the morning, Kyle, I can nearly set my day up if there's no distractions. And I think the magic time again comes with turn notifications off, turn devices off, mm. and whatever you're doing, focus on that. Don't multitask. Don't have a million different things going on because then you're going to do everything poorly, I feel. You're not going to get it done and you'll procrastinate and it'll take longer. So the magic time for me is in the morning. And I know um, 
this is Super Bowl uh, day today, mate, that uh, I know we've <laughs> recorded this a little bit earlier coming out, but um, you said, when do you want to do it? And I said, I want to get up early and get it done because that's when I know I'm going to be on. Yeah. And, and for yeah. me, that's that's not selfish. That's just I work well at this time. Um, and I know you, again, you've set your day up so that you've got non-negotiables. You'll go for a walk. You'll spend time with Zoe and CC. You'll have these things locked in. And you'll work when you want to work because that's when you get stuff done. It it makes sense when you talk about it like that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a bit of a play with this at the end of last year. I had been working just in the mornings um, and I was feeling good with work stuff. And I was like, all right, I think I could start doing some full days, you know, kind of eight till sort of three or four in the afternoon. But uh, for me, I find that that stopping for lunch and then trying to get back into things in the afternoon. Yeah, my productivity is just like, and then I finish the day feeling down, down because yeah. um, my productivity has just dropped off so much. And the other thing that I started missing was, yeah, I would in the afternoons, I would go for a walk, go out, you know, not just local, like, you know, we'd go out for a hike and I would take Cece out and, and have that time with her that then I wasn't getting that opportunity so, um, yeah, and, yeah, just the productivity. So, yeah, for me, it's the same. It's the morning. It's the time to do stuff, um, to just get up. And I noticed that even when I took time off over Christmas, like I would get up, do everything <laughs> I wanted to do in the morning, and then in the afternoons I was just like, I was just done. Um, so, anything that required like a bit of willpower was like done. So, yeah, Um this year I'm trying out, what I'm trying at the moment is starting work earlier because same thing. It's like, well, the morning is my good time. So, I'm trying out like working from 7 a.m. through till lunch. You know, I have a break in there to to move around and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, just like let's maximize that window then. If I know the morning is the time when I can just like get up, get things done, then, um, yeah, just like we're talking about on this, like let's make the most of that. Let's add some extra time to that. Yeah. And uh, it's been good so far. Mm. And, and like you said, it it is testing and trialing. Like you're not going to find the perfect balance unless you try different times or days or yeah. things like that. And and it and you know what? Don't be hard on yourself if it doesn't work because, as you said, things come up. It's not always going to be, you know, rainbows and lollipops. Like there's going to be days that don't go well that you don't get what you want done. Um, but I yeah. think having good routines um, that work well for you and, and what's worked well for me, guys, Monday is my day. Um, I, I work a big day today and I'll smash out, um, like I'll set my whole week up. I'll nearly do everything I need to do for the week today. Tuesday I do um, 14, 15-hour days PTs um, of clients. So I do 13 or 14 clients back-to-back, just crazy Wednesday, yeah. mentor, afternoon off. Thursday, I do a few PT clients, have the afternoon off, and then Fridays, I don't work. So that's my little reward. I go hard, and then when I'm not working, I'm present. Um, and yeah. uh, I think that's one thing that um, I'm really trying to work on, that allowing myself to be okay, that you don't always have to work, and that you know you can be more productive if you set that time to do things you need to do when you need to do it. Other times, be present with wherever you are. If you're with loved ones, you know, don't have your phone on you. Don't think about work. 
And and that's what I've done as well. And I know you're in your office now. I'm in an office. Um, if possible, we spoke about this on numerous episodes last year, but set up a space where you can shut the door and walk out. And that has been game-changing for me, not to sit on the couch on my laptop or at the dining table, yeah. um, that I can physically leave my office, lock the door, and if I desperately need to do something, I have to go back into that area to do it Uh that um i'm not just sitting in bed or or wherever because then work and life and there's no boundaries and um that's that's a big one for me and i'm yeah it's worked really well and i know i know you're the same too mate yeah and and i mean i find even at home that um i could be disconnected more and like these these are something i bought at the start of (laughs) covid which are like so I'm pointing at my headphones now, which are noise cancelling headphones, um, because and, and that does help a lot. Like just even though there's still be sound, it just it does like bring the focus in to hear rather than what's going on in the rest of the house. Because you know sometimes Cece will have a little friend over or something like that, and toddlers playing. You know, like it's laughing and playing one minute, and it's crying and everything the next minute. So uh, yeah, these help a lot. Uh, and actually getting back into things this year, I totally forgot about them and I was like really struggling and I was like, oh yeah, the headphones. <laughs> Straight back on. Yep. Um, yeah, I will say on that. And and actually one thing I've been thinking about doing again this year is trying to find like a, a co-working space or like an, a small, even just a small office that I can, you know, sublet or something like that just to have that that distance. And I've been going back to like, because, uh, you know, things are, we're fortunate here that things, cases are very, very low. And um, we're like, we've been, I can go sit in a cafe again and work for an hour and a half. So that's an option too, if you can't get that space in your house um, to go somewhere like that, a cafe or like, so I know some people really like libraries. Libraries often have free Wi Fi um, and, and use that as a space where you can do that work and think because if you're constantly being distracted um it's yeah you you will really struggle to get the things done and get in the headspace and move from that just working in your business to working on your business and trying to like think of what's next and uh if you've just done our um when this airs we'll have just run through our sort of end of the year review and start of the year sort of planning process you know, doing something like that when people are trying to like, <laughs> when you're getting constantly distracted, you would find it impossible. So, um, making sure that you've, yeah, you've got that space for that quiet uh, work. Yeah. No, very, uh, as you're talking then, I've just finished um, a book about the founder of WeWork, um, about the sub-office-let spaces, um, how it just yeah. completely went bust. I don't know if you've heard much about um, out yeah, of the story. Yeah. yeah, it's anyway, very fascinating uh, account of things. And um, you spoke about subletting offices and things like that. And in that book, like when, when COVID hit, obviously all those spaces are in jeopardy, but now they're probably mm. going to thrive because everybody is changing the way they work and live. Mm. And they'll probably yep. come back bigger and better and stronger for those ones that have been able to survive because corporations of downsize they've got rid of their offices so people are at home but they wanted an excuse to get out and socialize again 
Um, yeah. It's, it's got me thinking about that, that um, I personally don't like working in a cafe because I get distracted and I don't, I've tried yeah. those, um, <laughs> I've tried those like subletting offices with other people and it's really good, yeah. don't get me wrong, but I don't really want to talk when I'm working. I want to, I like working. And <laughs> I found that I was in one of like testing those offices out and people were lovely and they, but they, oh, what do you do? How are you? I'm like, oh, if I want to catch up with friends and chat about what I do, I'm like, do you know what I mean? I, I do it on the weekends. So yeah. I think yeah. and that's great. That, that might work for you, Kyle, but I know personally yeah. that is just not going to work for me. I, if I'm in a cafe, yeah. that's, that doesn't work for me either. I, I'd rather read the paper or do something else because I'm not going to be productive. So I, I think that's, again, magic time and magic zone, wherever that is for you, yep. you know. Yep. Um I did a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago of a guy that um, he had all, he was in the UK and all these, he had three kids inside and his wife. And so he does his podcast and work in his car. And that's his work. Yeah, wow. So, <laughs> like, I was like, it's not uh, really conventional, but for him, that's what works. So, um, I think, yeah, if that sort of makes sense, you no, know, we, we ramble a little bit here, Kyle, but I think that's because um, we're just simply sharing what works for us. And, there's different yeah. ways that you can work. And that's the beauty of uh, there is positives that have come from last year and what we're going through now that things will change and change those to suit you when you work best, where you work best and who you work best with, um, yeah. you know, and, and say no. That's I think that's the big one for me is, yeah. So if you, you've tried those subletting offices before, mate, or is that something you're looking Not at? Not the... Uh... Not like an office. I when I was in the in the states and I we were in places for a while. I would try and find one, um, just because you know the Airbnb or wherever we were staying at the time didn't you know maybe wouldn't have space um, to work. And I found it helpful. There, I was using communal tables there, so that is where like yeah, everyone can talk. <laughs> and so yeah, sometimes it was very chatty. Um, but then there would be periods of the day where everyone would sort of work. Uh, so it was a mix. I didn't really have any like big projects I was working on then, so it was probably okay. It's probably a good thing. Um, and then with the cafes, uh, the thing I like about the cafes is there's there's noise and there's stuff going on, but um, and maybe this is like difference, like being a little bit intro, being a bit introverted. I don't have to actually communicate with any people so it's this nice balance of like i'm getting the feeling of being around people and in a community but i don't actually have to talk to anyone and uh and so i really like that and i find that actually help can help with work sometimes being at home it can be like too quiet and too um or you know if there's noise it's like you know a child crying or something like that and it's like ah, oh, getting feeling that pull as a parent to go help out um so yeah i i really like that and and i, I give, i'll give a bit of a rundown so i work differently at a cafe than i do at home if i'm doing like um so i save work at cafes i'll do i'll like read so that'll be some of the time i actually read paper books uh and then uh lately i've added uh journaling um as well, I'll, I'll do like a few. You've talked about having like morning journaling, like I'll, a few questions that I'll use as prompts, um, and that sort of changes. And then, and then I'll I'll use it often for planning, like trying to plan things or like that sort of creative yep. process type stuff, 
um, or writing, I find really good as well. Like if I just need to like write something, um, I'll find cafes good. But it's not so good for um, uh, what's it not good for? Yeah, there's there's certain types of work that are, that it's um, it's not as good for. So, um, but yeah, that's sort of like just sitting there and like thinking about something in particular, I find it a good environment for that. But I wonder if, um, and also the cafes down here are different. I didn't go to them during January when <laughs> we had <laughs> triple <laughs> the number of visitors that we normally do in January or something crazy like that. It was so busy, uh, but now it's like quieter again. It's like, can, uh, yeah, it's a bit different to when I was in uh, Melbourne and I'd go to the cafe there. And it would be like, you know, I'd be on this table and it would just like fill, 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 fill. And then that's about the point I would leave. Yeah. I think I think with that as well that um, you do need time working by yourself, but then you also need to be around people. Um, and I think that's mm. what you're. I'm getting from you there that you mm. get out of the house because you need to be around people. And I'm the same. And I think that's why I've designed my work life how I do it. You know, I, I break the you days PT up. Days. I do. PT, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm still doing that with my clients because I love seeing them and I need that social interaction. I can't mm. physically just sit at home and work by myself all the time. Um, yeah. And I really look forward to those interactions and seeing how people are going so i suppose that's sort of like my cafe time if you yeah ever, ever makes sense yeah um in a different way yeah yeah and and uh, and then and then you want to i guess you want to have those days that I you're do. not you want to have those days where you it's quiet and you're yeah. just like doing your work yeah I, yeah that makes total yeah sense. and 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 i think that's it, it is really important that um I, I know previously I was working way too much that I didn't have it planned out well. Um, and for that reason, I was in that flight of flight. I was just go, go, go adrenaline. And um, then I'd stop for Christmas. I'd get sick. I'd stop any other time. I always mm. get sick because I was just, I had no boundaries. Um, so, and, and it's amazing when you set these boundaries, I, my businesses haven't been affected, Kyle, that I'm still doing what I was doing, but all these things that I thought were essential that I had to keep doing, like, I just don't, they're not essential. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just put all this pressure on yourself. And like you said, other people might be doing it, so I thought I need to do it better. Um, but actually, no, just not doing it and just doing what you want to do, focus on the positives, um, get, you know, if that's getting other people to do work that you don't want to do in like a virtual assistant or, you know, getting someone on board. And I know we spoke about this as well, that that's a real positive as well, because then you just do the things that bring joy to your life. The hell yeah. As you were saying before, Cole, do the hell yes. I, I really like that. So, um, yeah, mate, I think that's a big one for me. And, uh, if if I can be an example of that, and I know you've set yours up as well, Cole, but I really enjoy everything I do now. And I, I can actually say that, whereas a couple of years ago, that wasn't the truth. You know, I, I was doing way too much. And I think in some aspect, I needed to do all that craziness to figure out what was meaningful and important for me. Um, mm. And then when you do sit back and design your life or what, whatever you want to call it, it it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're in that crazy work stage at the moment where you're doing everything, then you might need to just, you know, dig deep and, and go with it. But if you reckon you've done that for a few years and you're over it, 
then really scale back and think about what's non-negotiable, what are you enjoying doing, what can you handball off, um, and how can you design your life so that you're thriving and enjoying every aspect of it. Um, because once you do that, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty liberating, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think one thing that you came up then is that I think it would be useful to touch on before we wrap up is on like setting that boundary for ending your work day. Cause you talked about like having the long days and stuff like that. Um, before that, oh, I think this is useful. So I'll share it. Uh, um, I just started listening to this book by this guy, um, Jim Collins, and I heard him on uh, Brene Brown's got a, a second podcast now called dare to lead which uh, she obviously heard about our, our idea for our podcast and thought it was a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> and so, she's got a podcast about leadership um, now too. And so, she interviewed this guy, uh, Jim Collins, who's um, in the entrepreneurial space and he has this concept called um, being a hedgehog where, uh, what's he describing? Like like a, a fox is, he sort of compares a fox and a hedgehog where a fox is like, super agile and can jump around and do all the stuff and, you know, use its body in like crazy ways and get through things, stuff like that. Um, and whereas a hedgehog can only do one thing, which is like curl up in a ball and, and protect itself that way. Uh, and yet a fox, you know, can't attack a hedgehog because there's one thing the hedgehog can do, like, you know, is all it needs to do. So, it talks about like your business, think, looking at your business as being like a hedgehog as well. So, like what is the one thing you your business does that does really, really well versus being the fox where you're like sort of jumping all over the place. Um, so, when you were talking about that, it made me think of that uh, because when you're starting out, you are kind of more like the fox. You're trying all these different things, trying all these different things. Uh, and then you start working out what, what you like working on, what you like doing, and um, then you can become a bit more hedgehoggy mm. and start like what's the one thing you're going to be really good at. And then in terms of being more effective at work, you might find there's lots of things you do or work on that you can just stop doing because they're not in service of that one thing you're really good at. And uh, that's something I've been thinking about coming into this year and realizing, yeah, I I often do that. I get really excited about an idea or a project or, you know, something like that and not spending a lot of time on it and then frustrated if it doesn't work or whatever that is. And then it's like, oh, wait, but that's, that's you know, it wasn't in service of sort of like this greater mission or this greater purpose that I want to like be really good at. So, bringing it back to that. But I think also, like you said, it is important to try new things and be passionate about it um, because that's that's our creativity. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're mm-hmm. all creative mm-hmm. beasts. And if you uh, are onto a good thing and you keep doing it after a while, it'll become, you know, you'll become good at it and it won't give you that spark anymore. So I do think, yes, focus on what you do well and keep doing that well of service and, and putting your attention there. But also be innovative, try new things. And, and if it gives you passion and a spark, do it. If it doesn't work, that is all right because that energy and that spark will reflect in every other aspect of your life. So some I feel I, I like that, be a hedgehog, but you also need a little bit of a fox in you as well, if that makes sense, I feel cold. <laughs> Well, I feel like in your personal life, you can be foxy. Like okay. not your personal life, but in a personal wow, aspect, foxy. be foxy. <laughs> but in your business, be 
hedgehoggy, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and you can still try new things, but you want them to still be in service of like that greater sort of mission that you, that you seek to serve. Um, so like, you know, in the music industry, in the book publishing industry, sort of like big upheavals in with digital mediums. Um, now, if their mission had still been to just like provide books or to get, you know, help people read or listen to music, you know, in a certain way, they would still be able to have adapted and pivoted to become, you know, an online service or, or different things like that. Or like, you know, Blockbuster is one of the famous ones because... <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah, got offered, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and uh, to go online, and they're like, no, that's our, our our mission. Their mission at that time was like to to give people DVDs um, to, <laughs> to you know take home, and uh, didn't work out for them. So uh, yeah, I think um, don't be a blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, or you might pick a period of time to be like, all right, this thing's just getting going, so I'm going to put like two or three years into into being like more focused. Anyway, I found for me with, cause I'm all over the place that, that being focused is really helpful. Um, but yeah, let's get distracted from talking about finishing up the day. So let's quickly talk about finishing up the day. Uh, and sort of, what do you, what do you do, Dale? Do you set like a certain time or like after a certain uh, amount of work or. Oh, well, it depends if I've got, you know, things on or I, I want to get, I want to go and do something throughout the day. Um, I normally set a list um, and I work until I either complete that list, particularly on a Monday. Um, I will make sure I get everything on my list done today. And I think that is, I, it's not, it's not, a, I get a little bit anxious when I see something on there and if I haven't done it, it, it affects me for the rest of the week. I'm like, I've got to do that. I'm like, why didn't I do that on Monday? So, I will find a way today for everything on that list to get done. And that's yeah, okay. that's my Monday, mate. Like I do you know what I mean? Like and if something happens at home or I have to go and do something, I'll still make sure I get my walk in. I'll still make sure I exercise. I'll break my day out with that. But that list will get done and then I'll throw it in the bin. So I don't ever see it again. Yeah. Um yeah. and then and that means, yeah, then when I start Tuesday and I'm seeing clients that I'm not distracted because I'm not even worried about that list because I got it all done. Um, and then whatever happens throughout the week, I can allocate time and I can do little bits here and there. But, yeah, I suppose for me, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I just do a huge day on Monday and Tuesday and really get my week sorted. Well, I guess do you have a certain time where it's like, oh, it's too late now, it's just, it's just not going to get done this week? or like uh, you know after dinner or you still depends depends what's going on if uh yeah and that's my boundaries i don't really have any on monday and this is where okay. yeah so not really no i i'll get that yeah. list done and that's but then that's it's... that's a challenge for me i need to set myself challenges yeah. um but then other days like on like on fridays i don't really like working at all um yeah so I don't know. That, that's that's more, sort of my boundary is if I get it done on a Monday, it means I can have Friday. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if that that's probably different than you. And this is what I mean. It's good to hear because yeah, everyone works differently, don't they? So how do you finish your day? Well, your yeah, and your week's got all that variety with the training and coaching and stuff, mentoring stuff like that. So um, I can see how Monday is really your day to get that stuff done. So I can see how that, and you're kind of setting a boundary on that day. 
thing, you know it's going to be hectic. And then I guess, you know, your partner, your wife also knows it's going to be hectic. Like that's your day to do that stuff. So she's on board and she has the expectation too. I think that's really important. Um, I do like the idea of the list. Um, I do something similar. I just actually got a bunch of new legal pads. Ooh, so, nice. yeah, I do the same thing. That that This sheet is for today and, yeah, tomorrow it goes in the bin. Um, and for Wait, me, whether, even if even if there's stuff that I haven't maybe gotten done that I want to get done, sometimes I'll put it on tomorrow's sheet, but sometimes I'm just like, I guess it wasn't that important <laughs> and it'll go. And if it comes back up in another week or two, it does. But I think that for me, that's been a practice getting back into things this year, which is that feeling for me of like I've been setting that consistent lunchtime. Ideally, I'm done at like about 11, 30, 12 because I'm trying to do a bit of like a workday reflection before I finish up my day um, just to kind of track how the day went and and how I spent my time a bit. Um, so I'm making sure that I'm finding that right balance with I'm trying to make sure I do spend more time each week doing creative work. So um, so I'm kind of tracking those hours. That's another thing I got off the interview with Jim Collins. It's a good one. We'll link it up. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's like a pretty hard um, end to the day for me. So if I don't get stuff done, that's been one thing I've been really having to like work with <laughs> is like being okay. Oh, this, there's something unchecked that I really wanted to get done today um, on the list. Uh, and, and I just didn't get it done. I've got to like set that boundary. I, and then it, and then it's like a reflection. It's like, all right, I've obviously misjudged my time today of how much I thought I could get done and learning on that for next time rather than doing I feel like in the past the knee-jerk reaction, which would be either beating myself up because I didn't get it done or and or, um, you know, working more or working longer to try and working harder to try and get things done. Because what I've learned is while I've got that to-do list written down on the paper, the to-do list is really about 20 kilometres long. <laughs> when you're running a business, there's always more things to do always and um so this has been a real practice for me is to like have that hard end time um and making sure then it does it makes for me it makes sure that i'm being as productive as possible during the time i am working because i know i've got that hard finish whereas like i said before last year when i started working all day i found my product productivity over the whole day started nose diving because yeah. Because I kind of thought, oh, yeah, I've got after lunch to work on that. Um, and then, of course, I get to after lunch and I'd be tired and, like, kind of over it. And, uh, yeah. Procrastination kicks in, mate. And that's what I mean. Like, that's right. don't work. Like, try not. I, I'm a big believer in that, like, nine to five. Like, it's it's not a day. Like, you, you should work in small chunks. Our attention span, if you look at a school, look at, Kids have breaks all the time. They work for short periods mm. of time on one topic. Why don't we do that? Don't just work on all different things at once. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, I think that's the important one. Figure out what works for you and see how you go. I like that, Cole. Right here, right now. What do you got, mate? Uh, this week, uh, not much uh, in terms of, of things. Yeah, like I said, I just finished up that book. Hell yeah or no, I recommend it. It's a good book. I reckon 
kick let's do that well a good book to kick your year off um i don't know if you can buy it like on amazon or wherever uh at the time you could only buy it through his website which is sivers.org uh and uh we shared some of Derek's stuff before i think at the end of last year we shared i shared his ted talk yeah i've seen his TED where talk. he talks about growing a movement he's got a yep. few uh but yeah this one's um it's, it's basically like little blog posts. So, each one is only like like that's one which is like, you know, a page and a bit yep. and it's just a one topic. So, that one's on being a slow thinker, which is like that one resonated with me a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, need a lot of time to process things. So, um, yeah, I, this was a great little like just you could just read one or two of them every morning before you start work. It's like a little bit of inspiration to get get going for the day. And I, I like that as well with that book that it's you can just pick up at any time and you get a little chunk. And I think it's like yes. working like that's that's a book for me that you don't have to sit down and read chapter after chapter and then you forget where you're up to. No. It's a practical yeah. thing. You pick up, oh, I'm not thinking very well today. Bang. Here you go. Read a page and a half and there's something yeah. in action straight away. It's like a podcast, you know. You pick a topic you want to listen to. It's like that book. Um Yes. So, yeah, that's cool, mate. I like it. Um, me personally, uh, I just, as I said, I just finished uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, I think it's Billion Dollar Loss or something anyway. It's about um, Adam, uh, I can't even remember his last name. Anyway, um, Adam and Miguel who started WeWork who went all over the world and, um, yeah, outrageous. It's one of the Is it most- written by him or someone no, else? No, it's written by a, a reporter that did like a, a, an article it's like first-hand accounts of so many different oh, okay. people. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. write it because he's um, very no, similar I, to. I was going to be surprised. That's why. I was- <laughs> yeah, he didn't write it, but very similar to that, uh, thermo thermogenics or whatever. Do you know the? Um, there's another um, billionaire story loss yeah. about the product of um, I think blood testing or something that she created. That's another really good book as well. Uh, I just really like these books of people that just dream big and believe in themselves so much. Yeah. Um, like just, yeah. So um, there's, I think there's a lot of different things to take out of it and just how someone, one person can manipulate, not manipulate, but inspire so many people with something that's just yeah. not, not actually working. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed it and uh, I just thought it was a yeah, crazy book. So that's probably another thing. If, if you're not listening or reading to books this year, um, that's one of my big things. I think I've, I'm on to about my fourth already knockdown, Kyle, that um, it really, yeah, when I walk, I listen and it really, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm going to continue doing that this year. So that might be something people get. But, uh, yeah, that, I don't know if that really answers it. We don't really have much. There's a couple of books you can take away. There you go. Yeah, I think that's good. good way to start off the year. Um, and we can chat more about parenting and stuff in the <laughs> episodes. <laughs> I actually really wouldn't mind getting uh, a couple of, of uh, people in the parenting leadership space on uh, for us to interview um, as future guests, I think that'll be fun. People who've written books and things like that. I think um, that'll be a lot of fun. And Perfect. now it's relevant to you as well. Yeah, it does too, mate. Yep, no, it ticks a couple of boxes for me now too. Yes. So, congratulations on surviving the uh, this far, the first Thanks, couple mate. of months. Thank you. You've done well. I was just saying, 
you guys, oh, you can't see Dale actually if you watch the video version, but I was like, oh, you, you're looking good. That's good. <laughs> Thanks, That's mate. Good. <laughs> <laughs> As I said before, uh, putting on a brave face as a show. Um, no, I actually feel fine, mate. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, life's pretty good. So I'm pretty uh, content. Thank you. Yes, you do adapt. That's the big thing. As parents, we definitely adapt. So, 100%. Yeah, keep it up. Thanks, mate. All right. It's good to talk to you. Good to be back. Likewise, likewise. Have a have a great day, everybody, and look forward to a big year of uh, Lead Your Tribe.